I'm Siobhan Barnes, ex-commercial and corporate real estate professional turned leadership and life coach, supporting high-achieving professionals to step into purpose-led careers without having to sacrifice their soul, sanity, or steady paycheck. I've coached hundreds of professionals to figure out their unique path to create meaningful success that feels as good on the inside as it looks on the outside using my signature aligned achievement method. In this podcast, I'll share how you can get clarity on your unique path, how to make an impact and step into more purpose in a way that's right and true for you. Let's dive in. A very warm welcome, everyone, to the Aligned Achiever podcast with Siobhan Barnes. I am really excited today as I'm being joined by a fabulous guest where we're going to be talking all about her career journey and her passion around fitness and health. So Beth Wright, who I've invited on today, she's an internationally accredited functional medicine health coach, a trainer, and founder of the Be Fit The Right Way. Beth is based here in Hong Kong, and I've had the pleasure of working with her and know that she does a fabulous job with her clients. And she holds qualifications in functional medicine, nutrition, and strength training, and works both one-on-one and in group programs, coaching men and women around the world to achieve their health and body transformations with a focus on improving physical and mental performance. Beth is also a practicing corporate lawyer, where she discovered passion and purpose, supporting clients that lead stressful, demanding lives. And she's been in this industry of fitness and nutrition for 20 years plus. She brings a very holistic approach to wellness that's grounded in science and personalized to the individual. And she's very passionate about empowering women to take ownership of their health. So a very warm welcome, Beth. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, very excited to have you here. I really wanted to have you on the podcast because I have had the pleasure of getting to know you these past few months, and you've been very instrumental for me in my journey in prioritizing health. And I have you and also Dr. Lorena Law to thank for that. Lorena, I had on the podcast earlier, we talked a bit about menopause, which I know is a topic you're very interested in as well. But I wanted to get you on because you are so passionate about health, fitness, women really empowering themselves to be healthy and well. But also, I'm curious about your journey into finding your passion and how you've managed to navigate your career. We were just talking about this before we hit record. It's really interesting to hear other people's journeys, other people's stories, and just to see how other women do it, because there is no one right way. So I'm curious, Beth, if you could just give us a bit of a background into how did you end up here in this career that you're in? Gosh, I'm going to go back a little way. So when I was at university and I'd always loved sport and I was studying at the time at university in the UK. And mum and dad said to me, if you want extra beer money, at the time we used to drink beer, if you want extra beer money, you're going to have to earn it yourself. You're going to have to get a part-time job. And so I said, okay, well, what do I know? And at the time, all I really knew other than my studies was hanging out with my friends in sport. So whilst I was studying, I did a personal trainer course. So I qualified as a PT. From that, I kind of transitioned into group fitness and was teaching classes. And I think at some point I did a massage course as well. But I guess with my first foray into teaching other people about health and wellness, and I did it I guess from my own perspective initially, but I really got so much back from helping other people feel good about themselves and to feel healthier. 
And I think that was when I first sort of stepped into the world of health and fitness from a coaching perspective. Right. And at the time, it sounds like you were studying and very much focused on law as your career path. Was that always the focus and health and fitness was on the side to earn the beer money? Yeah, absolutely. And in my head, I'd always, rightly or wrongly, decided that I wanted to be a lawyer. And I don't think there was any real valid reason for why. I think, if I'm being honest, I'd probably watch one too many episodes of LA Law or Ali McBeer. If anyone is old enough to remember the LA Law. Yes. And yeah, I thought it was all glamorous hair and wonderful handbags and shoes. And, and sadly, the reality was the absolute opposite of that. Because once I started my career, when I was actually properly working or when I was doing my finals at law school, the hours were horrendous, yes. highly stressful. And I think that's probably where the second part of my health journey came in was when I had to start looking at my own health and looking at what I could do for myself to balance the stress, to survive through these law final exams, to work 24 hours, which is what a law firm expected from you at the time. And definitely wasn't something I'd ever want anyone else to have to go through. And I think probably another big driver of what I want to help my clients with today is to show them the ways to get through that, the ways to navigate it, the ways to sort of feel good, you know, when everything around you is somewhat stressful. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And what I love about the way that you coach is that you're very practical because I think when you're thinking about health and fitness, or at least before I started health and fitness journey and taking it more seriously, I thought it meant that I would have to like give up everything and be that person who only ate a certain way and who didn't have too many drinks or like, you know, have a bit of fun sometimes and eat a burger or whatever it might be. But you're very practical about, look, life is going to happen. You're going to have stressful moments and you're going to run a reach for the unhealthy choice. And how can we mitigate that? And I think that's really, really important because when we're talking about health and fitness, it's challenging to think that it has to be that way all the time. And it kind of puts people off to begin with. I completely agree. And I come at it from that perspective because I did it the other way for so many years. Mm -hmm. So I was that person that would say, right, I cannot drink or I cannot eat this food or I cannot do that. You know, this is what it means to be healthy. Because at the time we were and we are bombarded by the latest fed diets, what celebrities are doing, what books are being put out. They're on the New York bestseller list. But, you know, we're being taught things which aren't practical. They're not manageable and they're not sustainable. And it took me a long time to get to the other end of that, to sit down and think actually what does work and for me what worked and what I think works for the majority of my clients it's balance and that's a very nuanced term because it can mean lots of different things to different people and some people might even argue it doesn't really exist but for me when it comes to health and fitness and wellness what that means is don't exclude things don't put anything off the table a little bit of everything is okay everything in moderation and that includes a few drinks or a burger or you know spending time with your family but it's about bringing things back into, I guess, a more moderate approach, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's brilliant that you bring such a real lived experience with this to your clients because you've been there and you know what it's like. And I think sometimes we do have to go to extremes to kind of learn what doesn't work. Like we can say, OK, we've tried it. That wasn't right for me. Let's go the other way. But at the same time, there is so much value in working with someone and getting support from someone who's tried all of the different fads and the different weight strategies and to get that custom advice and support, which I think is really important. So for you then with health and fitness, it sounds like it's very much been a passion and a part of your life from the very beginning. 
I'm curious when it became more of a focus for you, because let's face it, being a corporate lawyer is intense, right? You have hours and we live in Hong Kong and, you know, also expectations in the work hard culture here is very much rampant and with where we're located, right? Like night calls, et cetera. I'm curious, how did you decide I want to create this business and where did you find the time as well? You know, I was thinking about this before the show. I was trying to pinpoint, was there a specific moment where I kind of had a eureka moment? I don't think there was one moment, but there were a couple of experiences. And one was when I was doing my law school finals. And I remember studying and not being able to breathe properly. Like whilst I was studying, there'd be moments where I couldn't quite get on top of my breath. And it scared me. And I was like, you know, what is it? Looking back, I can clearly see it was anxiety, it was stress, it was pressure. And I kind of put it to the side, got through the exams and sort of disappeared for a while. And then I saw it rear its head again once I was working in Hong Kong. I moved from London to here to work for a big US investment bank. And I was trying to do crazy hours. I was trying to teach classes before work. And pure, if you're from Hong Kong, you're you're no pure. And in my evenings, if I had an evening free on weekends, and try and socialize and hit LKF to meet a new friend. (laughs) All the things that, that we do as part of the Hong Kong lifestyle. Yeah. In summary, my health took a complete nosedive and, you know, I wasn't sleeping properly. I gained weight. I felt stressed out. I I was fully headed. And I just kind of sat back and thought, this is not right. Because at that time I was 30 years old. I was young. I should be feeling at my best and at my most vibrant. So I took a step back. I took a step away from everything and just went back to ground zero. And for me, it meant just looking at my health holistically, working on the basics. And I did it step by step. Everything that I do with my clients is what I did for myself. You can't change everything overnight, but I just started with the small basics. And each time you make a small change, you start to feel better about yourself. It encourages you or gives you the energy or the resiliency to kind of move on to the next thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I can really attest to that because I'm working with Beth at the moment in a three months program and I did the reboot and reset in February. And I can attest to that when you make these small changes and you're supported through it. Number one, you're more accountable and likely to follow through because you want to share with the group and be a part of it. But secondly, it is those small micro changes. And then you notice you get that feedback. It's a bit of a scientific approach, isn't it? Really observe what happened. And then it's that choice because now I've got a felt sense of I feel better when I make this decision. And I know I feel worse if I make another decision and certain foods, right? Like random foods. It's not one size fit all, like you said. So I love that. And again, so great that you've done it yourself and then you can help your clients through it. So for you, it sounds like you were doing the fitness stuff. Like that was always a part of your journey. And I don't know how you tried to do classes before and after work, working for an American investment bank. Like that is brutal. And I think really speaks to your work ethic. But when did the nutrition and that side of things come into play? To your point, I was trying to do everything. I realized it didn't matter how much I exercised. I still wasn't feeling good. If I wasn't taking care of my sleep, my recovery, my nutrition, my stress management, none of that is not enough alone. And I very quickly realized I had to take the holistic approach for myself. And then I started applying the same philosophies to the people that I was working with. And I think, you know, people could see I had transitioned from, you know, not being a great health shape to being sort of a much more vibrant, alive, happy person. And they were saying, well, what have you done? What have you changed? And I Really, it was quite simple things, which added up collectively to meaning good health for me. 
and you know everyone I work with is a slightly different area that we work on but I will always look at everything I want to know what people's sleep is like how what their recovery is like what foods they're putting in their body what their relationships are like like what supplements are they taking all of this together is holistic health and I think it was an eye-opening revelation for me and every time I see that in one of my clients it reinforced it I think yeah I love that. And I think having a holistic approach is so important, particularly with health. We can Google information. There's so much information out there, but it's the practical application to us as individuals. That's the hard part, which is why I see so much value in getting support and particularly with you, Beth, with your expertise. I think that's really, really important. And I think you really are walking advertisement for walking your talk. People can see that you're more vibrant, more healthy. And I mean, you're in fantastic shape. I will share a picture of you in the socials. Everyone can see Maybe not today. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's beautiful. And then it sounds like as people saw what you were doing, they were coming to you and asking, hey, can you help me? And I love that you mentioned this journey. It wasn't like a big eureka moment where suddenly the clouds parted and you had this big insight. And that's often what I tell my clients, because, you know, when life is just off track and you know you've got to change something, which we all go through, right? Whether that's in our health, our career, our relationships, and we go what the heck am I doing with my life? I've got to change. I think sometimes, at least I know for myself, I was always searching for the insight, this light bulb eureka moment where it's like, oh, I got the wisdom and I'm going to go. But it hasn't been like that. It's been those small micro decisions of like, this isn't working. I'm going to tidy up this bit of my life and then see where I am and then adjust and take those micro steps. And it sounds like that was your process as well. Yeah. Beautiful. So I'm curious for you then, practically, how do you allocate time between the two careers that you've got going on at the moment? Do they support each other? Do you see them as separate? How do you manage the two? I think for me personally, they support each other. I get so much from the coaching that I don't get from my day job. And I get so much from my day job that I don't get from coaching. So I wouldn't want to give either one of them up. In terms of practical time management, I'm pretty regimented about my time, as some of my friends might attest to. And so for me, you know, checking in with clients is normally done in the morning when I'm walking the dog, which is before work. And the day job is day hours or evenings or whatever is required of me. And when I work with clients, they're always aware that that's the window I will check in with them or that I'm available to them. And I think that transparency with my clients and that allocation of time, I think, really works. It's not always easy. Holidays are the worst because I don't have the structure. Or if I'm not working a day job, then there's no structure. (laughs) I can understand that. And yeah, so clear boundaries around your time sounds like it's really important. And I think that's really great because when you're clear and focused on what your priorities are, it becomes very clear what you're available for. And you've clearly put thought into like, how can I be there for my clients? But also do my day job and, you know, get to the gym and like do more things to be healthy as well. So I really, really love that. And actually on that topic of time and time management, I would assume that one of the biggest challenges or one of the challenges for people when it comes to health and fitness is I don't have the time, particularly like if they're going through a busy season, you know, final exams, or maybe there's a pitch at work or something. What advice do you have for people to, number one, like start, think about their health and fitness And number two, with that question of, I don't have enough time, what would you say to that? I think where to start, which is always the hardest thing, Mm. start with the lowest hanging fruit. Mm. The things that's easy to do and manageable and might not seem objectively like big changes, but are small changes that will add up to big change. And by that, I mean, it could be as simple as adding in more vegetables to your daily diet, 
moving more, increasing your daily step counts, prioritizing sleep where you can. So sleep is one of the most underrated but most important things that we can do for our health, and it's free. And the number of people that I know that will sleep five or six hours and say they feel fine, and yet all the science supports, it's effectively like operating drunk because it affects the prefrontal cortex of the brain. And so we think we're fine, but really we're not. So I would say start small, add a little bit more movement, just a few more steps. Think about what food you're putting into your body. Maybe make it more whole, more unprocessed, more natural. Get lots of colors on your plate. When it comes to stress management, 30 minutes of meditation seems overwhelming to a five-minute one. There's these wonderful ones from Headspace that I love simply because they're five minutes long. And sleep, even if it's just getting into bed an hour earlier or switching off blue screens, so no phones, no TVs, you know, a couple of hours before bed, all the science points towards that improving the quality of sleep tremendously. So these are all small things that I think we can all do. And again, you don't have to do all of them at once. It can be just one thing at a time. Even if it's like this week, I'm just going to eat more vegetables. Next week, I'm just going to walk more. And we all have trackers on our phones or on our watches or whatever. Yeah, I love that. Such simple advice. So it's not about doing a complete 180 and suddenly being someone who goes to the gym five times a week and spending an hour there. I love your advice. Start small because I think that's just so much more doable and not as overwhelming. And it's true, right? Meditation is better than no meditation. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a meme on Instagram the other day, and I'm actually terrible for scrolling through Instagram at night. But that's the thing I need to work on. There was one. Just, oh, this is my guilty pleasure. Exactly right. That and chocolate. And there was a meme literally about people saying, I don't have enough time to go to the gym. I have time to watch an episode of Netflix. Yes. You know, I don't have time to do this, but I have time to go here. And, you know, it just shows how in our mind we say we don't have time. But if you actually look at where we prioritize our time, Maybe there's a window and walking an extra 10 minutes each day, I think we could probably all find time to do. Absolutely. You've given us quite a few pillars, right? Like the food, the movement, sleep, headspace, stress management. I know for me on my journey, I always thought exercise was the one to focus on because I was like, I want to eat whatever I want. Growing up in Hong Kong, it was like all this delicious. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll just go to the gym to kind of counterbalance like my sins with how much I eat. But as we're getting older, which is something I've learned from you, older as women and we're entering into perimenopause and menopause, we do need to be thinking about obviously our diet, but also exercising in different ways, not necessarily just running and full cardio, like really thinking about strength. So what advice would you have for women as we're getting older? What are the things that women in particular should think about with their health? I think what we know for sure is as we get older, this is men and women, but in particular in women, we lose bone density and we lose muscle mass. And those are real two key metabolic markers which are essential for longevity, so for living healthily longer. So we need to think about what can we do to offset what we're naturally losing year on year. So bone density, muscle mass, it's exercise, it's movement, but it's exercise resistance. So maintaining muscle mass, what we might have been able to do before might have just been because we're younger, we've got more growth hormone, we could have just used body weight. Now we actually need to be using real resistance, like real weight. So I encourage my female clients to be lifting weight, moving heavy weights to maintain and even improve muscle mass if we can. Bone density, again, that's movement, but moving with impact. So explosive plyometric movements, lifting up and landing on the ground, because what that does, the force of landing with sort of multi-directional forces encourages bone density to improve. So those are two key areas. 
The other things that we need to think about from a health perspective as we get older and hormones are changing is we are at increased risk of cognitive decline and we are at increased risk of cardiovascular disease. And we really see this marked change as women go through the transition of perimenopause, menopause, because prior to that, men were actually more predisposed or at higher risk of cardiovascular disease, for example, than women. Yep. And now we see the tables turn. So I really think even if you're not at that age, perimenopause, menopause, you're younger or you're older, we all need to be thinking about what we can do to improve our health. And so that is exercise, that is movement, that is treating our body with respect and giving it what it needs to feel good and to function optimally. Yeah, I love that advice. And so for you then, Beth, if you could scream anything from the rooftops or if you could like whisper anything into a woman's ear so that she had the advice that her future self would thank her for, like what would you want women to know about health and their well-being? I'm only allowed to shout one thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm a chatter. But I would say that the time is now because that applies to everything. The time is now. Don't sit and wait until you feel bad to go to the doctor. Go and get regular health checks. Don't sit and wait until you feel like you're out of shape to start exercising. Don't wait until you feel bad to start to think about what you could be doing to manage your stress. The time is now, no matter what age you are, think about what you have around you that brings more into your life. And I think it's a functional medicine quote that someone said to me. I really love this. It's think about one thing that you can add into your life that would improve it. And one thing that you can take away that would improve it. And, you know, we can probably all think of one simple thing that we could do to improve our health. And that's an example of two small steps that could, you know, ultimately lead to some big changes. I love that. That's really, really helpful advice. And I would follow up with that to say also, if you don't feel like this is an area that you feel very confident in or you're not sure, seek help seek support there are so many resources out there beth including you like you're a fabulous resource and i'll share uh, you know where people can find you in a moment but i think it's really important to know that we don't know what we don't know and it's okay to get help because this is one of the challenges i see women facing it's like they think they have to know it all and make all the decisions do it all themselves and women are smart enough to do that absolutely but you don't have to make this something so hard on yourself and you know you can do it in community And I think I mentioned on the reboot that we did in uh, February, it was so nice to do it in community and to see what others were doing and, you know, just know that you're not alone in the process. And I think, remember, in life, it's not supposed to be hard and health and fitness can feel like a, I don't know, a weight till like, oh, (laughs) it's heavy. And so, you know, working with someone like Beth, who's got the experience and also you make it really fun, Beth. Like, I love our check-ins and it's so nice. I do. It's so nice to know that I can ask you a question specifically and you're going to support me with something that's right for me. And that saves me time, right? As you said, the time is now. But I think what stops us in actioning that is indecision. Or at least for me, I'm an overthinker. So it's like, well, what should I do? And so with you, it's like, no, this is what you need to focus on. Obviously, you know me well. And it's just so nice to be like, okay, cool. Got it. I can go roll with it and actually do it now rather than three months later. So I very much appreciate your support. (laughs) And you know, coaches need coaches too. Like I have someone that I work with for my strength and amongst other things, people who are mentors slash coaches slash, you know, confidants. We all need those in our life. And I always like to think of it as almost like having a bit of a board of advisors around you. If you had a board, who would you have on your board? You'd have maybe your career coach, maybe your health coach, maybe me, your your life coach. (laughs) I think we all need that. You know, different perspectives really can add value. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's about the journey. We don't have to suffer alone. I think being with others, getting their insights, sometimes seeing your blind spots because we don't see our blind spots and having someone lovingly call you out and be like, hey, you know, you can lift a bit heavier. Let's go today. You know, like these little things make the journey so much sweeter. And I think particularly off the back of COVID, something particularly for us in Hong Kong as we're opening up, that's what I'm really appreciating with fresh eyes. Like, oh my gosh, we get to do this together. I don't have to be alone. So if you're listening and you haven't prioritized your health and fitness or you feel alone on your journey, sometimes even just being in a room with other people moving your body will do so much for your endorphins and your confidence and can lift you up. You don't need a big 180 career change. Sometimes actually just focusing on your health and fitness can change a lot. So if anything, I hope that today has inspired any listeners to refocus on their health and fitness and know that they're worthy of looking after themselves and their health. So Beth, it's been so lovely to have you on the podcast. I'm curious for people who want to follow you, know more about you, because I know you work with clients in Hong Kong, but also internationally. What's the best place and way for people to connect with you? Maybe Instagram. I would suggest my handle is bfit, B-F-I-T underscore the right way. And the right way is spelt with a play on my surname. So it's the and then right W-R-I-G-H-T way. And if not, my website, which is www.befit-therightway.com. I'm always open for questions from anyone about anything. I'm always happy to do free discovery calls. Don't feel that you have to get stuck with me for three months like Siobhan did. (laughs) But I'm here to help and hopefully inspire and to let people know that if I can do it, you can do it. So yeah, please reach out. Fantastic. And I'll pop the links to those to Instagram and the website in the show notes. So it's easy to come and follow Beth. And Beth shares really great content on her Instagram. So come and check her out. She's got cool recipes, mindset advice, you know, how to exercise, like all the full gamut. So definitely worth coming over to follow Beth. So thank you so much, Beth, for coming on. Loved hearing about your career journey and passion for health and really appreciate your wisdom around how people can get started now. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me.